What's going on, What's up, peeps? everybody? It's the Stuff You Don't Know podcast. It is. With your humble host, James, and that's my pal, Russell, with the hams. The hams. And drinking that going, ham. Going ham. That's a real man's <laughs> that's beer. That's a man. It's a working man's beer. What did I uh, hear someone say about the Ozark? We're in southwest Missouri, for those mm. of you who didn't know. They said, uh, in this PC culture, we prefer not to be called hillbillies. We'd rather be called Ozark Americans. <laughs> Ozark Americans. <laughs> and we drink ham's beer. ham's beer since 1865. Heck yeah. So we got a great show tonight. This is a fascinating topic that Russell and yeah. I have been... I think it's something we discovered pretty recently, too. Yeah. Uh, it was an episode of Joe Rogan. We were white, and it was a small detail in the show... And it, I, I honestly, I glanced over it, but I right. remember we were, you would watch the same thing and then you're like, sorry, I stopped watching after he said this. <laughs> like I, I went to I a know. wormhole. I did. I was down the rabbit hole yeah. so fast. Yeah. Uh, I think your exact words, if I remember right, were I'm in the wormhole of a lifetime, oh. <laughs> rabbit hole of a well, lifetime. Well, this one is, you know, because it's end of time stuff and it's right but it also deals with ancient civilizations right. which we both love that yeah yeah kind so of history it's interesting how all of this was able to be tied together yeah for sure so we're going to talk about a document that was classified by the cia in 1965 it's actually a book yeah it was seemingly a uh, seemingly harmless book yeah a book called adam and eve that was written by a gentleman named Chan Thomas, right? Right, yeah. And the CIA classified it. And it wasn't released until 2016 under a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request. Right. But, the, but even that, I don't know if you heard this, Russell, that the book was 284 pages. They mm -hmm. only released 57. Which is actually the equivalent of 20%. So right. of this seemingly harmless book, after in a, through a Freedom of Information Act, they only released 20% of the actual book. It's wild. Why? I mean, I think we know why, and we'll go into it. We, we think the book deals with a kind of a newer science called uh catastrophe cataclysm yeah um, cataclysmic yeah. there's what are they actually are calling themselves something uh catastrophists oh they're they're branching yeah. out catastrophe science and i mean this is not a new idea that things have happened in the ancient past mm -hmm. that kind of reset civilization right right well and i think it's becoming more and more uh, understood i mean it was wild when this book was written this this was absolutely not an option right this was this couldn't be thought of you know is, is certainly more biblical uh times so well and the first thing the first kind of period that i remember where you know serious catastrophes were talked about was the 65 million years ago the end of the dinosaurs right right just recently in recent years that's kind of been accepted right and, i'd say in the last what 30 years yeah probably. yeah 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 no i would agree with that and you know, for a long time, scientists had no idea what happened to them. Did they just die yeah, out? I'm, as a kid, I remember specifically asking, like, what happened to dinosaurs? And like, we don't know. It's just a mystery. Yeah. It's just <laughs> right. a mystery. We don't know. It right. could be this. It could be that. We have our theories. But I think now it's pretty well accepted. Yeah, that, that a comet or an yeah. uh, asteroid hit the mm -hmm. Earth. They think they've even actually located uh, right, it. Right, the Yucatan area, right. the Gulf of Mexico, Gulf of Mexico. Kind of area. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's a huge crater. And... When these things hit the earth, it, it causes such mayhem that it killed off most of the big animals. Now, you know, according to science, if you, but you know, <laughs> 
There's <laughs> science and there's science. It's really, it's it, particularly in this age of COVID, and we were talking about that Dr. Mass Peter McCullough mass, on, uh, on Rogan, and just yeah, how yeah, there's yeah. so much misinformation. Right. And the intelligence agencies have been doing this forever, so we don't know what's true. But the fact is, here we are again, Mm-hmm. Talking about our favorite three-letter alphabet agency, the <laughs> right. CIA. Right, can't seem to get shake those guys. I know, man. What they covered up a book called Adam and Eve that dealt with cyclical catastrophes. Right. By cyclical, recurring uh, regularly in a certain amount of time, and mm-hmm. in this case, every six thousand, twelve thousand years. Right. So we're going to get into that. It it. You know, what we were taught in school, what were you taught in school as far as human civilization? Uh, well, I, 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 you know, you get the classic cradle of life, Mesopotamia, Tigris, Euphrates. Um, right. You know, you get that, jar, you know, Assyrian. Um, Which was about six, six, six thousand years ago, roughly. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So 4,000 BC. You know, it's, right. as far as recognize civilization uh that's about as far back as we go and that's so what we were all taught yeah, yeah so i've got what do i have on you like 40 years not, not quite that much 35 years i was taught the same thing yeah you yeah. would think they would have progressed a little bit right and so you know and, and i guess that's just because that's what we can find and that's what we have records for um but i think what's interesting is these anomalies anomalies but Which there's are, always been anomalies. And so here, and I'll give you an example. I was mm-hmm. talking to my brother who is a professor. He has a PhD in Spanish. And I was talking to him about an archaeological find in Mexico that dates back to 250,000 years ago with tools. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the way he explained it, he said, it's an anomaly. Like the conversation is supposed to be over over, right there. I mean, science used to be about curiosity. An anomaly means, Mm -hmm. wow, we need to investigate that. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's, you know, that's what drives me nuts is like the curiosity is almost gone. Right. At some point, it's just about proving and disproving Mm -hmm. other, you know, other people or or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, But yeah, the curiosity is sort of gone. I mean, my first instinct would be, Whoa, really? Yeah. Are you? Is that right? I mean, you may be right, you may be wrong, but let's look into it and actually find out. Well, and then in that particular case, the efforts that mainstream academia did to disparage this woman mm-hmm. and ruin her career, sure. when she didn't even want to publish it, when she got the dates back from the carbon dating, she's like, this is crazy. Because the first one right. was 50,000, then she got one that was 250. She said, no, it can't be. Well, and, this- and so they ruined her. And, for doing that. Yeah. And, and I'm I, getting off topic. Well, that's, a, that's another show yeah, called Wyalatko, which we'll talk about sometime. Right. But. Well, they did that kind of with the Sphinx as well. You yeah. Know? You know, yeah. they showed those photos of water erosion to all of these scientists and said, hey, it, it was actually just a photo of the Sphinx. And they showed it to all these scientists and they said, that's confirmed water erosion. I have no doubt about it. There's, I'd put my name on that. You don't have to worry about it. They backed away and said, that's actually a picture of the Sphinx. None of them would put their name on it and they wanted nothing to do with it. And I think there was even lawsuits involved about it, but that's go. Well, and that, that, you know, that's, so to get just a little more detail on that, the geologist was looking at the erosion on the sinks and said, the mm-hmm. only way that could be made was by water. I think his name was yep. Robert Scotch. Yeah. 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 He was on Rogan, I think. Mm-hmm. 
but he explains that you know they know geologists know through tree rings and core samples all kinds of different evidence that what the climate was in certain areas well it hadn't been rainy in egypt for i don't remember 15 20 000 years anyway it made the sphinx be a lot older exactly yeah and they tried to ruin that guy too yeah i don't know why you know ac academicians not all of them but the majority are just stubborn i think there's there's some kind of mafia mentality <laughs> with, these, know, with these researchers They're and arrogant, scientists. It, it, yeah probably a lot of arrogance because they put their life work into one thing. You know, it's like the Zahi Oaz guy, you know? Yeah. He was just selling shit on the black uh, market and, and, and ended up getting fired over it. And lost his, now he's doing tours of Egypt, selling right. magazines. So, you know, these academic types just want to be, want to prove their theories right. And even if that means discrediting someone else that may have a valid theory. Well, you know, there's a great book by one of my favorite academicians. This is a guy named Rupert Sheldrake. He's got a PhD from Cambridge, so he can't be done. But he wrote a book called The Science Delusion mm. that is about the specific topic that we're, we're the, discussing right now, the, the hesitancy of academicians in mainstream science to look outside the box, to, to like you said, the curiosity's gone about an anomalies yeah. should drive science. Oh, they should shouldn't push them challenge away. Challenge everything. That should be a challenge to what we know. Exactly. And and let's proceed. And if it doesn't go anywhere, fine. Right. Exactly. It's but almost like, cares? well, you know, I wrote it in a book, so that, you know, I can't. It's just people right. not being able to admit they're wrong. Yeah. I mean, it comes well, down to that. If we get past that, I think it would answer a lot of the things that we're about to talk about today. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. So let's get into this. Yeah. So we we know we were all taught that theory of civilization. It was about 6,000 years ago, yeah. Sumerians and Mesopotamia. But, you know, people like Graham Hancock mm -hmm. and Randall Carlson, and I know we mentioned Rogan a lot just because it seems like some of his topics, well, we have similar interests. But yeah, and he puts those guys in a line and a light that we don't, I wouldn't we find don't have these the guys. Uh, right. And, you, you know. To ask yeah, the questions. I've been reading Hancock for years too, right. but I'm a freak. You know, I'm yeah. I'm so I'm so deep into conspiracies well, yeah. and, well, and ancient archaeology, and I mean, I've always been into this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Hancock and Carlson have been on and made the case that the Earth has suffered over time these severe cataclysms, catastrophes right. that totally changed, wiped out massive amounts of the life plant and animal life on earth in and we're talking in days sometimes even minutes we're not talking about yeah it's in years there's woolly mammoths that have been flash frozen with right. food in their mouth right. still digest well we're going to get digestion. into that in this book because absolutely he, this, you gotta remember this book was i don't know i'm even sure if it was written in 65 the cia classified in 65 right so we don't know a lot about the hancock book or its author. and carlson it's 2020 hancock was talking about this six years ago mm -hmm. yeah this guy was so far ahead of his time because he specifically brought up the the woolly mammoth and we'll get into mm -hmm. that but um so anyway, their their theory is that eleven thousand five hundred years ago, actually twelve, there was a period called Younger Dryas. You probably know mm -hmm. more about this than I do, but it yeah. was twelve thousand eight hundred years ago to eleven thousand five hundred years ago. There was an extinction event, one of these right. catastrophes, mass cataclysm event. Right at the time, so science, as far as ice and ice ages, science has always said ice ages come real slowly. 
hundreds, thousands of years, then they retreat real slowly mm -hmm. over thousands of years. What Hancock specifically and Carlson as a geologist right. backing him up is saying, no, these were almost instantaneous right. in our time clock, mm -hmm. that they happened in days and weeks, not yeah. years. And he has a lot of geographical evidence right. to back all this up. Multiple instances. It's not just one thing he's looking at and said, no. oh, this could be this. It's he all goes, over the it's world. Dump, bump, 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 bump. Right. You know, he's very credible. Well, it's just like uh, at the 65 million year line, they found radium all over the world. Right. Well, they, Whenever they dig down to 65 million, there's radium. Yep. which is extruded by a comet. So. Right, and I and they're also at the 1180 mark. Right. 1100, 11,800 mark right. years ago. Same thing. Yeah. And they found... Um, so, you know what got Hancock thinking about it? We're talking about the anomalies are all these megalithic structures all right. over the world. Like you've got... I, I think I sent you some pictures. Yeah. Like the Baalbek stones. That, okay... This is one of the largest stones in the world. There's another one that's almost that big that the Romans built on top of. So you know what academia says? Oh, the Romans did it. Yeah. Well, no. in their own writings, the Romans say, we built on top of a structure it was we already found. There. It's the same thing the Egyptians say. And the Incas in Peru, it was already Bolivia, there. Brazil, yes. Yep. These ancient structures with these stones Literally, we do not have a crane no, big enough not. to lift that stone. Budget. It wouldn't move. No. <laughs> we don't have the technology. Now, we, we could do multiple cranes to lift it, but they'd probably blow it up first. It would cost so much to get enough cranes to lift these rocks. And that's just saying that the stone could stand that kind of weight being right. suspended in the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. So, how you know, these sites are all over. I think I sent you some other ones like there's... Uh, uh, Angkor Wat, which is in Cambodia. Yeah, yeah. The pyramids of Giza. Yeah, there's Angkor Wat, Cambodia. I mean, look at the detail. Now, this on was only recently stone. discovered, uh, like a couple hundred years, rediscovered a couple hundred yeah, years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in the jungle. Yeah, yeah, in Cambodia. So you, you see the temple in the back, but then you look to the right. That whole temple has that amount of detail. Look at that. It's, it's unbelievable. And I mean, so these megalithic structures, and we've got them in, I think I put one from uh, there's the Peruvian, Itza, uh, There's the Peruvian. I always find wild is the puzzle, the way it all oh, fits the, together. Yeah, the geometric stone. Where is that one? It's in there. Oh, there it is. And that's not even the best one picture of those stones. But you see, Russell, your point is, put that full screen so I can oh, see a little shit, closer. Sorry. So you see how it... Those stones are cut in such a way that they fit perfectly. And people that have been there said you can't put a piece of paper, paper right. in between them. Yep. And that's insane. I mean, there's these are fit. These are cut to fit. And it and then not just in a square. You could easily just do a square 90 degree block, right. block, block, block. No, these are each individual shapes on their own right. Exactly. Fit together and you perfectly see the, jointed. You see those little protrusions coming out of there mm -hmm. those little nodules that's something that i saw a presentation about those they have no effing clue but those same nodules are found all over the globe 
This see, this was the first thing that got me thinking about this. When I'm reading about ancient history, and I loved history. I majored in history, and yeah. I had a professor, Dr. Lomax. God rest her soul. I really tried to find him a couple years ago and found out he had just passed away. Ah, was bummer. My favorite professor, but he was an expert in Egyptology. Mm. So anyway, and then I'm reading, they found, you know, well, I knew about the pyramids in Mexico. I'd actually, I'd been there oh, uh, right wow. outside of Mexico City. I've mm -hmm. climbed the steps of that oh, pyramid. Awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I was a little kid, but well, then you find out that every continent, including Australia, has pyramids. Mm-hmm. Now, science says it was all a coincidence. What are the chances? I mean, look, no, we're from Missouri, you know. Just show me. No common sense person can say it's just a coincidence they built the same kind of building. Right. Well, I think it's the largest pyramid in the world. It's in Mexico, isn't it? I don't it's know. The, uh, it's, the, it's, it's less of a pyramid. It's the mound. It's more of a mound, but it's, it's the largest sure, one in the world. It's not in uh, Cahokia? In Illinois? Uh, it's one of the biggest, but I believe the biggest is in well, it Mexico. Could be. It could be. So that the the stones on the left, these are just, those are from Turkey. These are just more examples of ancient, they're called megalithic, these ancient stone structures and carvings. The work, some of the Egyptian stuff, where you see the obelisks mm -hmm. and the, the uh, you mentioned the pyramids earlier, that, you know, they know they're not a, tomb well yeah there's no hieroglyphics whatsoever in the pyramids themselves right. no mummies have ever been found in the in the pyramids but they're a tomb yes but also well, who the fuck did the they hieroglyphs <laughs> there, if you look all through egypt there are no hieroglyphs mentioning or picting the pyramids the pyramids whatsoever right which would have been the most major construction project ever yeah they don't show you how it was made they i mean there's not even a, a so so i think what we're suggesting and what carlson and what this this gentleman uh thomas nash suggests chan thomas sorry chan thomas suggests that there were ancient older civilizations right that there was built a, these there things. was a cataclysm that happened that mm -hmm. was a mass extinction and what was left huge stones that weighed 200 tons they couldn't be and it's, it's be as to keep this in mind too is a lot of this can't be carbon dated either because they're right they're stone. stone right yeah to carbon date it has to have once been a living, living material mm -hmm. that's why we can date you know for instance gobekli tepli which is another one that that threw science on its head because they have carbon dated it by the campfires mm -hmm. built by the workers yeah it's been dated to 12,000 years ago. Now, isn't that interesting? It's also a multiple of 6,000. Yeah, see? <laughs> Gobekli Tepe, and it was buried. I don't. I didn't send a picture of that, but Gobekli Tepe is just this unbelievable Is that in Iraq site. as well, I believe? It's in Turkey. Turkey, okay, yeah, that's right. They're that's all right, right kind of there. Yeah, it's cradle alive. I had. A, I went to, uh, I want to say it's Mathis, I can't pronounce it, a place in Turkey, though, that had an ancient Greek site on it. It was so cool. Oh, man. That was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. I think the biggest crime, and this is a bit off topic, but I, I just got to say it, the biggest crime probably committed since the Holocaust is the way ISIS destroyed oh, all of those Assyrian... Uh, I know, bro. Uh, the towns, they, they completely demolished entire cities of ancient so much history gone yeah i mean luckily it's been recorded but nobody can go see it anymore well let's get into this guy's book i'm going to yeah, read yeah, a yeah. couple paragraphs here with a rumble 
so low as to be inaudible, growing, throbbing, don't comment, <laughs> then fuming into a thundering roar, the earthquake starts. Only it's not like any earthquake in recorded history. In California, the mountains shake like ferns in a breeze. The mighty Pacific rears back and piles up into a mountain of seawater more than two miles high, then starts its race eastward. With a force of a thousand armies, the wind attacks, ripping, shredding everything in its supersonic bombardment. The unbelievable mountain of Pacific seawater follows the wind eastward, burying Los Angeles and San Francisco as if they were but grains of sand. Nothing but nothing stops the relentless, overwhelming onslaught of wind and ocean. In a fraction of a day, all vestiges of civilization are gone, and the great cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, Dallas, New York, Boston, are nothing but legends. Barely a stone is left where millions walked just a few hours before. And that's how he starts the book, which I love. is pretty ominous. It, yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> it it, really, it uh... grabs you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know... <laughs> His theory is that the earth goes through these cataclysms and it's been backed up and it's it's interesting. Like I said, he wrote this in eighteen or nineteen sixty-five. He pinpointed eleven thousand five hundred years ago, multiple times in the book. Yeah. The exact dates that Carlson and Hancock and all these other scientists came up on their own with own with their own research and right. own proven I mean, I'm not geological sure. proven. Yeah, because this didn't come out till twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. And once again, we just I can't overemphasize enough the fact the CIA classified this For thing. Why? I, yeah, well, I think I think the thought was that he was close to the truth. Now there were some other books. Uh, there was a guy named Hapgood. He wrote one of the first books about these uh, is this the guy that albert einstein wrote yeah, the forward wrote the for? forward to that's wow, exactly yeah, right yeah how more credible do you need to be right well well einstein was very curious about this because the geological evidence is quite startling when you get into it that, that's pretty definitive really right yeah it is and you know we can talk about some of that you mentioned the uh the mastodons found with buttercups still mm-hmm. in their mouth flash frozen flash frozen so and so his theory is that there's a pole shift correct and more recent scientists i mean we're not going to like build us some cloud oh, this is how it happens it's a pole shift a magnetic right. shifting of the earth's poles mm-hmm. that causes cataclysmic uh results i mean it it caught there's a there's another theory called Earth crust displacement. Correct. Now that explains a few other things. Right, and I pull up that image of the the globe that I sent you that has it. Yeah, there you go. So, the Earth displacement theory, ECD, Earth crust displacement says that the upper mantle, which is the level right under the crust, when the poles shift, that the liquid in that mantle begins to move and causes land 
Now, this is how Chan Thomas saw it. Causes the continents to move. Bulge in a way, I'm sure, opposite the side of the Bulge and move, but the sea and the winds were still spinning at the same rate. So you see the the crust going this way, and then the earth's still spinning. Because right now, the, you know, the land's going along with the ocean, and the winds is just cruising along. But if all of a sudden the land moves a different direction, that's what causes these right. supersonic winds and these earthquakes. And, well, and, and this, you know, maybe not everybody will understand this, but uh, you, if you ever hauled any kind of water or liquid in a trailer, when you take a turn or you stop or move, when that the inertia of that, which would be similar to the liquid, absolutely, it'll throw you around. There's an insane amount of force behind that, right? That can throw you in any direction that that, that it wants to go. So if you can imagine a tanker truck, that being the inner core and your crust being the outside of that vehicle, yep, uh, the amount of force that can be, you know, created inside there with that liquid would do a lot of damage to a soft outer crust of uh, of the earth. Yeah, and that, I think it's a great analogy because that's exactly what yeah. happened. But, you know, Hancock and Carlson point to a meteor right. impact. Right, so this is where their the theories differ a little bit. Differ a little bit as the cause of the Younger Dryas. I honestly don't think that, and I'd love to find out what Hancock thinks of Thomas's work, of yeah, Chan Thomas's work. Yeah, that would be interesting, yeah. But, you know, I did want to say that uh, there is new evidence that has come out to support the fact that the in the younger drives period this this really did happen. There was a sudden catastrophic change in climate conditions on Earth that caused mass casualties. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the th one of the things I was taught was where did all the because there used to be woolly mammoths all over North America, right? Yeah. Right, yep. except real far. What and you know the saber toothed tigers and all mm -hmm. that. We were told that they were hunted to extinction, which I find incredible. I mean, North America, according to science, was so sparsely populated well, at that point. Look at how uh, the Americans, when we, when we basically hunted the buffalo to extinction, that was a mass-produced thousands and mechanical thousands with rifles. With rifles. There's, right. they, there was, there's many accounts of them having to piss on their rifles to cool the barrels off yeah, because they, they just kept shooting. because the, They just killed them. They, they didn't take the hides or anything. No. no. They just, but, These people were hunting to eat. They didn't yeah. have time to kill a more mammoth, than they needed. A mammoth could feed their family for six months. Right. So they, they could kill two a year. Right. Right. And be fine. I mean, it's ridiculous. So there's a study... Uh, in Greenland, the team, a team discovered a 31-kilometer-wide impact crater behind, below the Greenland ice sheet. They believe it may be one of the comet fragments that struck Earth at the onset of the Younger Dryas. They found a black matte layer that coincided with the disappearance of the South American Pleistocene megafauna fossils. Something happened. Back yeah. then, because we had a we have the fossil record mm -hmm. of all this, and then it just well, disappeared. We have geological record of yeah, all this. Yeah, exactly, as well. exactly. I mean, you can see it in. Uh, well, there's all there's all kinds of other evidence too. Yeah, For instance, Niagara Falls. I didn't know this. Do you know the gorge that that cut up Niagara Falls sixty five hundred years ago? Really? Yeah, that's no when kidding. it happened. Well, I think that's the interesting part about where science should be right now. I think the more interesting conversation in science isn't how old we are. It's, it's how 
which which version of this had was it a comet or was it was right. it a polar because obviously it happens we have the proof it's almost undeniable in my book well and they said they also found a large biomass burning event that micro charcoal and signs of burning in pollen samples researchers collected on the impact layer shown now it could have been this other event though yeah because it when you have a pole shift like that and an earth crust displacement it will cause volcanoes well, and earthquakes too, it also throws up our magnetic field which holds our atmosphere right. in place so we could get roasted by radiation well the, the and scientists now admit at first the first person suggests that at times the earth's poles had shifted they were laughed out of the room now yeah. science readily admits that yep. pole shifts have happened Regularly. in the past Right. I, I was reading something today where they were saying that since 1990, the yeah. North Pole has shifted 600 miles. Right. Almost twice as far as was predicted. Yeah. They had to go redo they their They did an emergency for, for GPS and airlines. Right. They had to re-coordinate where the North Pole was because exactly. it had shifted so rapidly. Yeah. So we, you know, we are overdue yeah. for that event right yeah. now. Yeah. Now, this one would actually be, if you look at the Younger Dryas, we'll just call the, the Younger Dryas event, the YDE, that was roughly, we're just going to say, rounded up 12,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. The first signs of civilization, the new civilization, was 6,000 years ago. Right. We're due. Yeah. And we're due, according to Chan Thomas, the tw and I'll get into the science of it, but the 12,000 year are the big events and the 6,000 are a little less serious. We're mm -hmm. due for one of the big ones. Now, don't panic. Humanity always survives. Right. But. May not be you. <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of people are going to die. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. one of the uh, one scientists I follow that I've read a lot and seen, he's, he makes great videos, a guy called Suspicious Observers. And he right. does have a science degree. But he estimates it's going to be in the 2030s. Mm. I'm probably not going to be here. Oh, lucky you. You're going to miss now, all the fun. <laughs> I know. You know, and you think about, I was thinking about this, Russell. Everything we do in life and work and, and humanity and plan, everything, the whole existence is cyclical. Yeah, it is. You know, there's life and there's death. Yeah, there's you know water cycle for rain and, right. and drinking water. Seven year sunspots. Yeah, a day is uh, cyclical. A right. month is cyclical. A year is cyclical. And I, I was thinking about like the seven year sunspots. I mean, they're they can predict to the day when the mm -hmm. stuff's going to happen. Yeah, I mean the oh, sun, and then galaxies, you, uh, uh, eclipses. Right, everything is predictable and cyclical. Why isn't this? Well, and or is the it? way it is, you know, and the thing is the the uh, our solar system is moving within a galaxy and it actually travels through the galaxy. We aren't stationary. No, we're we're moving on four different axes. All well, right. You know? I mean, the Earth is moving at what is it? Sixty four thousand something miles crazy. an hour. Yeah. You know, as it rotates, but it moves around the sun, which is also moving. The whole solar system is moving. And our galaxy right. is moving. As a matter of fact, the latest science, um, they believe some of the uh, what the cat, cat, catastrophic scientists believe that 
these pole shifts are actually caused by the sun. And we know that mm. cosmic radiation can affect the core of the earth. Sure. There's no doubt about that. And you mentioned it. When the pole shift happens, they estimate that as much as 80% of yeah. our protection... I'm sure that our listeners all know that the Earth is surrounded by a magnetic shield, if you will. Yeah, that's what keeps us safe. And then that's, right. you know. It shields us from cosmic rays. You and know? that's due to our poles. Right. You know? Right. And that's so why we have a north shift, and a south and a magnet, you know. Well, and there's, you know, in the records, there are ancients describing the day where the, the sun stood still. Or the uh, ever never-ending night. Right, you know, right. In other parts of the world. Or the day the sun came up from the west instead of the east. And I mean... Yeah, 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 yeah. So the... As so, if it were... Exactly. Upside down. So this earth crust displacement theory... And look, not everyone agrees with this. I mean, hardcore, you know, there's, Harvard geologists will disagree with And there's this. a certain amount of um, liberty taken and... and, and well, we do for sure. Yeah, right? oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's, there's, it's just like with any of this stuff you don't know. There's right. stuff you can't know as well. And this is kind of one of those. Now, we can find clues along the way. But, well, but yeah, but I mean, there's certain things at least. Okay, let's take Antarctica. So, let me explain for a second. So, mm -hmm. the, the Earth crust displacement says that due to these pole shifts and during these cataclysmic events, the continents actually move around. Now, we know. That mainstream science, I think I put a picture up of uh, the, what is it, uh, Pangea. That's actually the regular, go, go back to that one for a second. Go back to that. This always got me as a kid. Oh, the. How South America and Africa fit perfectly I mean, like yeah, pieces of no, a puzzle. Every, it all fits together. That's why, as a young kid, I said, hey. Now look. go to Pangea. Now mainstream science says. This is what the Earth looked like millions and millions of years ago before the continents were broken up. Now, what were they broken fits. up by? Seismic, Some kind of well, they're what they'll tell you, seismic events. Yeah, what kind of seismic event is going to have the power to break that up right. and move things around? So, if if you believe mainstream science that these land masses were all joined at one time, then some seismic event moved them around. Okay, I'll go along with all that. So the earth crust displacement theory says that it wasn't an ice age that we entered into an ice age is, is that continents were actually sent to different polar regions because the poles shifted and the earth, the land masses moved. Mm. Antarctica, for instance, they found evidence of massive flowing rivers now think about it if antarctica has been at the south pole forever which is what mainstream science still says how could there have been rivers there couldn't have been yeah they'd have right. been frozen solid yeah yeah They're, they wouldn't have been formed to form a river you have to have water in its liquid form not in its solid form right ice right which liquid form water is one of the rarest things in the universe. Yeah, no doubt. So, well, they think, yeah, who knows, you know. Now they're saying there's tons of it on the poles of the moon. So, nah, tons of ice anyway. <laughs> they rewrite the liquid form. So, and you know, it kind of makes sense if these things are moved. And they found evidence. They've done core samples, ice samples in Antarctica. 
and they line up perfectly. And I didn't send you the graph, but there's a graph that I was looking at. Every six and every 12,000 years, you see this spike in these ice yeah. core samples of certain oh. ions that are recommended. Because these ice samples, they can go back, I think, about 36,000 years in some cases. Really? And even further, yeah. So for geologists, they're just a, a wealth Prizes. of information. Yeah. So it's leaving a... a, a a, a record article record like yeah. a, you know whatever atomic of what the, the climate that's how we know that antarctica was actually once tropical it was mm. a tropical i mean they found the the living the plant matter or whatever the the i don't know if they're fossilized Some probably kind of carbon yeah mess yeah yeah they Anything you know the carbon, show that antarctica was once tropical so this theory makes a lot of sense and i think the reason the cia probably classified it that they thought if people got this they'd be terrified i would agree i think that it, it may have just been a uh, you know same reason they covered up ufo stuff get out of my head <laughs> Russell. See, there it is he's always in my head <laughs> All right, that's enough conspiracy talk. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You know, why, what's the reason? Now, controlling the masses in a way, you know, yeah. could be covering up for out. technology. But on this, this on the UFO thing, but on this one, for sure, because we don't know what was in those other two hundred and thirty odd pages. Right, and and obviously it was something important. I mean, this is fluff. Yeah, for instance, this is mostly Bible verses, right? Well, no, a lot of it. I, okay, out of the fifty-seven pages, there was probably twelve that were spent specifically on biblical texts. But we know the Bible has, you know, as a historical document. Well, it's, and, yeah, and the more I learn about ancient civilization and, and and tying it in with a lot of this stuff, it looks pretty legitimate. No, I know, <laughs> like right? it really comes to life uh, and, and and qualifies a lot of these ideas. No, totally. And, uh, you know, he makes the point that uh, he goes very deep into Genesis mm. and, and Noah's Ark. And he lays the timeline out how Adam, how Noah could have been related to Adam in these certain periods. And that the flood, well, go back to the flood theory. Yeah. Well, again, uh, every single culture has a flood founding theory. Flood myth. Every you know, yeah myth, we and that's say. one of Randall Carlson's big things is finding mass flooding. Yeah, and we have the evidence, geological evidence evidence of, of mass, whether it be giant sand dunes rippling. Um, and wasn't that the last one was in the uh, six thousand years ago? Yep. Basically, yeah. And the younger dry, same thing. Yep, 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 yep. Well, we know. I mean, we were taught as little kids. Missouri was completely covered by an inland sea. You can go to any. Look at any rock. And they're filled with sea critters. I know, limestone in Missouri. In, in Missouri, the Ozark, I know, yes. I love it. I yep. showed my kids. I'll never forget the first time I showed my kids. I was, Whoa, Dad, that's there's cool. A, there's a rock at Sequoia Park, big boulder, and it is just riddled with seashells. I've just, seen it. Some of those beautiful fossils I've ever seen. I know, just clear as day. Huge white. It's boulder. Yeah. yeah. The it's, limestone around here is cause, well, we were for our listeners. I mean, it's we live barely in the Ozarks. rock. It's just, it's just as much fossil as right. it is a rock, like our entire bedrock. So our whole uh, it's called karst topography. Mm -hmm. It's it's limestone, which means we're we were under the ocean, and as animals died and went down to the bottom, they created these layers of sediment, 
and you can still see the fossils on yeah. any you go dig up any rock any in the rock. ozark hit it with a hammer and you're going to find you'll find something yeah yeah you'll find evidence of squiggly life. things i don't know yeah, what they're yeah, called yeah. but it's really little cool nautilus things right there's, right know, there's those tiny little crab looking things they're everywhere yeah it's pretty cool it really is so there's some other things so i was talking about the Habgood guy one of the things he uh he wrote a book in 57, I believe. And you know what led him to hypothesize about, about this were early maps. Hmm. Because he found maps that were centuries old, like we're talking from 800 AD hmm. and even earlier, maps that showed Antarctica. And this is true of many early maps. Now, supposedly... Europeans didn't cross the ocean. Now, you and I right. know, and we've talked with our listeners about Vikings came over. And, right, right. But, I mean, nobody technically discovered Antarctica until the 1850s. Right, yeah. I mean, explored it in a way. Right. You know. And he's saying, how did these people know about this? You know, right. the fact is, we and we, you and I get tend to get off on a tangent and let it rest, <laughs> but I mentioned the pyramids. Mm-hmm. The point of the point of it is, if there are pyramids on every continent, there must have been some type of communication, Global, or even just a global civilization. Well, it could have been because if we were all one continent, that got split apart. Perhaps because there's also but the Pangaea thing. I mean, they they think that people happened had to have million, died hundreds yeah, of millions yeah, of years right. ago. Um, but still, you see you see hieroglyphs in Mexico. No, right. So, uh, absolutely. In so language, there's some kind of cultural superhighway. We do language to... studies of uh, Eskimos, Polynesians, and South Americans that hundreds of the same word, exactly the same in different languages. There's the pyramids. I mean, nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, very few doubt the fact that there was some type of communication. Now, the theory, the Atlantis theory, is yeah, that that's a different one, yeah. That when this cataclysm happened, we're talking specifically about the Younger Dryas 12,000 years ago, that it, the ocean swallowed up a lot of these continents. Easter mm-hmm. Island is another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many people feel like Easter Island was part of a continent called Mu. Have you ever heard of that? M-U. No, no. Mu. Hmm. You've heard, everyone's heard of Atlantis. but a lot, There's a lot of books that have been written about Mu. And it was a very highly technical scientific civilization. Some people even say they had satellites, which I kind of doubt, but yeah, they definitely much. had telescopes. I mean, what was, um, well, let me just finish yeah, my yeah, thought. Sorry. There's just Easter Island was all that's left of Moo. Mm-hmm. It was the highest point. That's the all I was going to say. So now right. we just got an island now. Right, right. Uh, well, there's also that road, Billby Road. What's that road? Um, in the oh, Caribbean. in the Bahamas. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh. Bil- I know. What Bimini I, Road or Bimini, something. Bimini. Bimini. Bimini Road, yeah. The Bimini Road. Yeah, and, you know, it's not terribly deep, you know, the Caribbean. Right. And so, who's they, that? you know, there clearly was... There, you can't convince me that that is a natural... natural um, 90 degree angles. I, I need to bring a picture of this. Yeah, uh, pull it up. Uh, 90 degree angles are incredibly uncommon in the natural world. In our world, right. they're everything. Um, but in the natural world, they just don't exist. Well, if you haven't read Graham Hancock's Fingerprints of the Gods, you need to do it because it's it's pretty amazing. Hancock, you know, 
stuff like the Bimini Road got him on a search for other evidence of more ancient civilizations. But, you know, I don't... Did we mention Go, Gobekli Tepe? Yeah, we did a little bit. Yeah. So, Gobekli Tepe has been carbon dated to 12,000 years. By that the campfire of the workers, right. The, the sculpture and the artwork at Gobekli Tepe is unbelievable. So, there had to be civilization. So, now we know... The clock has been pushed back by 100% from what there we've was, been taught. There's cultural objects. There's heads. There's, right. There's a whole culture there. These saying. aren't just structures. Right. That's what I'm it's saying. Wild. Civilization. It's not, yeah, it's not some peasants out carving stones. Yeah. There had to be underlying attributes to the, to, for them to make it. And then the crazy thing about that one is they buried it. Did you know that? Uh, it was found it and buried? It was intentionally oh, buried. Oh, I did know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that they dug it. It was underground like, you know, most yeah, ancient yeah. things. No, they, it was intentionally buried. I don't know how they know it. Did you find Bimini Road? Yeah, there it is. Let's see if I find a better picture here. So Bimini Road's just a, it's just another one. Like all these megalithic sites. He Carlson found an area in Japan with these massive... That's that's good. I mean, you yeah. can see mainstream science says that those are all natural formations. But if you there's other pictures too where you can see the road, it stays the same width. Right, right. Yeah, for yeah, like yeah. a half mile. I mean, I could see if those four stones right there if that was it, okay. Right. But it it it's the nature there's... of the road and how far it travels. So anyway, the uh some other thing, the tar pits. You've, everybody's heard of the La Brea tar pits mm -hmm. in Los Angeles? Yeah. Um, a lot of the animals they found in there were 12,000 years ago. Uh, Tiwanaku, which I think I sent you a picture of that one. I don't know if you don't have to pull it up, but Tiwanaku was this just unbelievable site in South America. I think that's Tiwanaku. And the work stopped at uh, 12,000 years ago. Stopped. And, and a uh, lot of it was like halfway done. And when the Spaniards first came to America, I think I mentioned this on another show, but when they first came to America, they asked the Incas, you built this? This is amazing. Yeah, no, they we said, no, we show. didn't build this. That's a global phenomenon. That wasn't right. just there. It, right. Everyone, they tell you it was there when we got here. Right. We didn't build this. It was already here. Yeah, just as we mentioned the Romans the in their own writing said this. we didn't do it. Exactly. Nobody knows who these ancient civilizations were because, in fact, they were wiped off the face of the earth. Now, the thought is, obviously, humanity survived. Mm -hmm. And the thought is that small pockets of these people that survived this catastrophe, whether by ship or however, went to different parts of the world. Right. And I, I love the analogy. Someone was saying you compare skyscrapers in Tokyo to Manhattan. Well, they're all steel. They're all mm -hmm. glass, but they look different. They have their own, but they're all skyscrapers. It's kind of like the pyramids. They're all a little different. You know, the ones in Mexico have right. steps. Yeah, exactly. Giza had no steps. Right. But they're all pyramids. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that these remnants of humanity, these small pockets that had some of the knowledge, took it out. And so for 6,000 years, we've really just grown on what was left of their right. memory. Right. And then we've just kind of 
it's conjecture at this point as to what they were and who they were, and we just they were we there. So well, and a lot of people. I mean, obviously, look, they had to have had some technology that, in certain aspects, was far advanced of ours. Well, some of those. I mean, some of the Assyrian uh, sculptures. I mean, again, six thousand oldest civilization around. Some of these sculptures they have are incredibly detailed and well, beautiful. These rocks right here that we're looking at. Pull that up, just right there. The, the scientist that examined them says they look like they've been molded. They don't look cut and ground like sanded. Mm -hmm. It looks molded. They said it is obvious they had some kind of technology from heat that cut Good. rock that made it molten. Mm. Now, that's crazy. Right. But it's... Look at the drill holes in the Who's uh, to say what Egypt. we lost? Uh, I know. That's what I'm saying. We don't know what, what what elements could have existed that were just blown off the face of the earth. I mean, well, I mean, how do you move a 500-ton block? I mean, we, like I said, we don't have that technology today. So Giants. Gosh, it, well, could be. But, <laughs> you know, I've thought about that because some people have said that. But Some of these are just too There's no, but even there's so, no rope that can hold that. Even if that. you had 500 men that were 20 feet tall, you probably still couldn't move that stone no, you couldn't build you a, know you couldn't I, build rope big enough to pull it right, that was strong right enough. right and so yeah but it is kind of cool i mean some of the theories uh i've heard that sound acoustics that they use some kind I, of sound I, I, that raised that, stone. Uh, they use that experiment with the ping pong ball just using right. sound waves and they can kind of manipulate and have it float in the air or whatever i've seen no that's kind of cool but it's a but it's ping, a ping pong. pong ball. Yeah, right. I know, right? The amount of power and the, power, the amount of power and energy they have to put in to do that—it's just not. I mean, that the the physics is there. Yep. But the uh, the amount of energy you have to put into that—it's just—it's totally separate. No, I know it's crazy. You know, I think we've talked about rock wall. That was one of the uh, one of these uh, current catastrophists was talking about rock wall, Texas. Yeah, I can remember that. And. Rockwall, Texas, is once again. It's totally fascinating. In its in its day, before it was covered up. The other thing about this this Earth, uh, what Chan Thomas is talking about. Not only does it bring two miles of sea to cover the land, it brings a quarter mile of mud. Right, everything, and it covers everything. Yeah. yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's. Um, but I was said Rockwall, Texas, this wall was 70 feet high and 20 miles surrounding whatever was inside. We don't even know in what Texas. was inside in Texas. The name of the town is called Rockwall, Texas. Because when farmers in the 1800s, every time they plow a field, they'd run into this fucking wall <laughs> and drive them nuts. So is that currently being like excavated and, and worked on, or is that still on private land and fighting no, that fight? You know that what was that show? America's Buried Secrets. Yeah, Remember that guy? Yeah, he did yeah. a he did an episode. Uh, a couple people have been down there, so there's a debate now. Mainstream science says it's all natural. Well, what's interesting about it? All of the rocks and every portion of that wall that they've dug up all have the same. Uh, magnetic direction which mean? is but, well rocks are magnetized certain rocks right mm -hmm. and the, it it either goes this way or this way all of these rocks have exactly the same magnetic direction and you would think if rocks are quarried 
that one would have one going this way, one have the other. So what the the author postulates that in one of these pole shifts, magnetic events, it would magnetize all the rocks in the same direction like that. Just jump them instantly. In. Yeah, mm, just uh, from force of mag- magnet force. Essentially, or how? Magna force. Magna force. Yeah, we just made that up. Yeah, it's, no, it's, I, you know, I, I, I don't know pole shift. I don't know exactly. I mean, I know the poles shift, and they are shifting right now, like we talked about, at a pace that's much more rapid than we thought. Yeah. Something is coming. There's no doubt. Right. And you know, some scientists, if you go online and look up pole shift. What so can they'll we, say, oh, it won't, you know, it'll, it'll cause, you know, an electrical outage in Albany for yeah. a, a so day. So what can we expect from a pole shift? Let's like, say tomorrow pole shift happens. Well, if you want to take Chan Thomas, if you, if you yeah, take. Yeah, let's take his work. Let's, you know, we're well, doing the book. So what, what does he have to say is going to happen? Mass death, like two-thirds, three-fourths of humanity will die. The United States and North America and South America will be wiped off the map. Right. Parts of Asia will be completely gone. I mean, when I say wiped off the map, be completely submerged. Now the waters will will recede eventually, At but even place. the highest mountains, according to him, in the United States, will be covered up. Mm. And that's just from the slishing and sloshing of the earth and of polar. Well, super sunny. You can imagine a wind. You know, you've seen a hundred mile an hour winds in a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Imagine a two thousand mile an hour wind. Hmm. And what that would do to the seas and, and a, a wave, a tsunami that's two miles high. You know, that, um, that earthquake in Japan mm. that uh, relatively recently, I think yeah. we all remember that, that was a it also had a follow-up tsunami. It moved the continent eight feet. Eight feet, yeah. In a matter of, in an instant. And scientists were shocked. Yeah, that would take a hundred years to do through normal movement and that's a great point because it's another piece of evidence that these types of events can have major effects mm-hmm. on the on the crust and that Eight was feet. nothing that was it's a blip right compared it, to but what it, it totally shocked at fukushima mm-hmm. totally shocked science because they didn't think it was possible yeah so and it wasn't until they went back and did measurements that they realized the whole coastline of japan all of it yeah had been moved eight feet in an instant yeah just that's freaking crazy dude yeah that's <laughs> wild that's like that should have been the headline of that story that is wild i know you know i was looking into uh these ice cores yeah and they're called uh heinrich events that's what geologists call these events it was named after the guy that first discovered them in these ice cores where they see this dip where the ions and the molecules are different and and they go in this regular pattern 6,000 12,000 years but 12,000 are the the real big ones 6,000 or more minor so I just pulled one you know I pulled up a scientific document and they you know the way they write it's so over people like right, me, right, you know but right. this one sentence I just pulled out it said past glacial periods were punctuated by pseudo-periodical abrupt temperature oscillations. Now, oh, layman's break terms, that down. <laughs> well, yeah. what he's saying, past glacial periods, you know, mainstream science said glaciers, glaciers came real slow, then they receded. But he's saying right here, they were punctuated that at times... 
abrupt temperature oscillations. Well, what causes that? Well, so this the theory is now that the sun, it causes a, uh, what did I wrote this down? It, that our sun, we know when the sun's, sun explodes, it's called a nova. Right. There are things called mini novas. There are mini events, not mini, M-A-N-Y, M-I-N-I. They're, they're small solar events. Now, we know, like we talked about the seven-year sunspot cycle, that every seven years, sunspots, activity on the sun ramps up and it sends a lot more cosmic solar radiation and it messes up radio communications. That's when the old days when we had antenna TV, you'd have TV problems. I used to do some ham radio stuff. Mm -hmm. It'd be really difficult. Right, yeah. And right now we're in a, uh, a lower period. But these mini novas, this is what, one of the scientists in studies this believes that our sun in these periods as the milky way moves through excuse me as our solar system moves through the milky way our galaxy that on a regular every twelve thousand years it reaches a point in the galaxy where all the celestial dust is is collected and the sun ejects it in a mass event and it's like clockwork every twelve thousand years and when that radiation, this massive amount of radiation hits Earth, it causes the mantle and the Earth's inner core to move. And you can imagine the inner core is supposedly molten lead. That's right, what they right. think it is, which is the heaviest metal, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So you imagine that moving just a little bit. Your analogy in the truck was great with the water. You mm -hmm. can imagine slush. So every 12,000 years... Our solar system goes through this certain part of the galaxy that creates a mini nova on our own sun, and that's, that's what interesting. So that's what sets off these events. Really? So yeah. so yeah. Wow. And then it comes to Earth. Then the Earth it displaces the crust because of the mantle and the core move, and all these other things happen. Now he also claims that we'll see these effects starting to happen years before the actual final event or whatever, you know? So, yeah, sort of like the um, the moving of the pole that we see, the rapid movement of the pole. Right. Right. I mean, that, that's part of, yeah, what's the whole, coming. Right, the whole... Because mm -hmm. these things I've heard start out kind of slow and then in an instant... And then bam. Yeah. Yeah, when the pole shifts, I mean, it... Right now, we know. I mean, this is what we know. According to geologists and scientists that are tracking it, the North Pole, like you said, what is it, 600 miles that has moved? In 30 since years. 30 years. years. Yeah. yeah. And they had estimated at half that. Right. So what that's saying, it's moving at a faster rate, mm -hmm. and it's building. So it's going faster and faster. Well, at some point, it's going to flip. Right. And when it flips, some scientists say, ah, it won't be any big deal, but most people believe it'll be. At, at the How could it not be a big okay, deal? Okay, at the very least, at the very least, you're talking mass electrical internet outage for right. months. Months. Right. Oh, it's fried almost. And what is that? That's chaos. Yeah. Society's in fucking hell at that pay. point. All your money's digital. It's in the bank. You're done. You're, you're done. You know. There's no gas. Grocery There's no stores. grocery stores. Yeah. You got no water. So the the time, water's the time, not running. Yeah, by the time things get back to normal. I'm saying that's at best. Yeah. 
Yeah. Worst case, there's worst no... Worst case, the two-mile wave hits, and we're right. covered with a quarter mile of mud. That's if we just mud. do... Everything stays the same, and we just do a right. quick flipping back, you yeah, know? Yeah, right. Uh, at, if, the, at best case scenario, there's a pole shift that's going to happen. There'll be major yeah. electrical outages. Yeah, for best it. case scenario is if when that happens, we're fried by the sun <laughs> and instantly die. Because if not, if everything right. stays the same, then it's going to be a Mad Max scenario. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. It, you know, that's just and the way to be. We're not trying to scare people, but, you know, it's better to be aware well, of this stuff. But it, when you hear it from us, if you are scared, that's kind of where I think maybe giving them the benefit of the doubt, the CIA was coming from by classifying this stuff. Right, right. You know, but also what a drastic step. You know, and you just, you can't live your life in fear though. Uh, no. You know, I want to do a show on near-death experiences. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, I've been listening to so many of them. It gives you peace. Yeah. Just nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. There is life after life. It's different. I'm not saying it's out of the Christian Bible or the uh, the Quran. I'm just saying it's there is something beyond that. So we'll right. do that. So yeah, anyway, like don't do live in fear. We present this information just just for information. So you guys know. Right. It's something why we interesting it. that we right. kind of found out and <laughs> Wanted to pass it on. Right. Because and that's it, the kind of guys we are. Yeah. It, you know, I had that CIA little tagline there. So anytime the CIA classifies something and release, it's worth looking at. And by they the way, we mentioned yeah, today, today, supposedly the last trove of documents were released on the JFK assassination. Uh, I just don't, I don't see it. Nah, they're not going to name. You think they're going to name yeah, Nixon, exactly. George Bush. While his son's still alive? Nope. Not going to nope. happen. Well, that's it. It's a good show, man. I think so, too. That was thank awesome. you guys for listening and check it out. next. We got a good show next week. We're going to bring I in a buddy, yeah, right? Yeah, I think we're bringing uh, my buddy Ben. That is, uh, he's a witness. To UFO witness, yeah. as I've are seen, you. I've seen three of them, and he's been there for two of the three that I've seen. I'm so jealous. I've never seen So next week, we're going to talk UFOs yep. with real witnesses. We'll see you then, right? Yeah, can't wait. Take care. Fun.